This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited today because I'm getting back to my roots. We're talking public relations, which is what I've been doing for a <coughs> number of years. <laughs> Um, but it really is something that I love talking about with people, and but we don't do it nearly enough, and so that's why I am so excited today. So please join me in welcoming John Pilmer to our program today. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me, Deb, and uh, giving me an old home week feel with uh, your roots down there in Atlanta. Well, and you know, I've I've been here about seven years, so I get a, a, a y'all dropped in every once in a while, and I have learned that there are different ways and different meanings with when you say, oh, bless your heart, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, there's different yeah. ways to say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, love the barbecue, love you know, love all sorts of things here about the, the South, um, but I am a Colorado girl at heart, and uh, so, you know, that's, and, and you know, that's, uh, you know, it, 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 so the humidity down here and the bugs. Oh, there's bugs. Oh, mm. but big, big bugs. Oh, big bugs. I know. And snakes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can do without the snakes. <laughs> so anyhow, before we jump into this, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So John okay. Pilmer, APR, is an award-winning accredited public relations and marketing communications advisor for emerging sector leaders. His firm, Pilmer PR LLC, facilitated the launch of four startups into the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in America. He holds an undergraduate degree in business management and marketing from Brigham Young University, as well as an MBA from the University of Utah. And to that, I have to say, go Buffs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate your loyalty. And I must add, though, that the LLC has just recently been changed to B. LLC, which is Benefit LLC, and we can talk about that later. I definitely want to talk about that because that is something that is very cool, and I loved reading about it. Um, but let's let's go back and kind of start at what public relations is because, you know, you and I are both a little more old school PR. We were talking before the program that, you know, we've been doing PR long enough that we actually used to have to print pictures and print our press releases and put them in little envelopes and put stamps on them and mail them out. Um, and, and I think it's the, the public relations is still very much a vital part of, of what businesses need to be doing, but I think people don't understand what PR is. So tell us what you, how you define public relations. Well, by the textbook, it's managing the spread of information between an individual or an organization and their publics. Mm-hmm. And those publics may be consumers, they may be businesses, they may be governments, they may be uh, a, a large population of a country. Uh, but how we communicate our information, our messages, and how we promote. Uh, our products, services, or offering mm-hmm. to those publics 
and uh, its uh, occupation has been around a hundred years, but uh, maybe under different names. But uh, that's the background of, of PR, mm-hmm. and now there's so many subspecialties of PR that it's uh, it's amazing to me. There's government relations, and there's press relations, and analyst relations, and uh, customer relations, and uh, all these different reputation management, mm-hmm. uh, all these different subcategories, uh, crisis management we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So it really covers a wide swath. So most of the time when I get mixed up with something else is with advertising. Mm-hmm. And we're not typically in the advertising business so much as right. now we're as now we have to find new ways to communicate our message, which includes social media which uh, definitely could include online advertising, mm-hmm. those things. But, but we're typically mixed up uh, in error with uh, the advertising mm-hmm. industry. I remember I used to tell people, and, and I still do, that advertising costs money. Public relations, I mean, there's, you know, it still costs money, obviously, because you're hiring a professional to do it, things like that. But it's we're not paying for the space. You know, I've I've had people before when I've done a press release, and a, a client has come back and said, "Well, we wanted it to say this and this and this," and they edited it. And you know, why didn't the newspaper put this? And I said, "If you want it to say exactly what you want it to say, that is called an ad." <laughs> but mm-hmm. we're sending out a press release for a variety of reasons. You know, we want to get the attention of the media to maybe attend our event, promote our event, or you know, talk about whatever it is, all these various things. But yeah, an ad costs money, you know, and, and everything else. And that's so that's why I really like PR because it's you know and paying money is kind of easy to do sometimes. But people don't always pay attention to those, right? You know, they see the ads, they see, you know, the the ad on TV, the ad in a newspaper on Facebook, wherever, and they go, oh, yeah, right, somebody paid for that. But mm-hmm. when they see something that is the result of public relations, they tend to believe it more. Yeah, so it's believe, it's more believable, mm-hmm. and it uh, usually has a longer shelf life, mm-hmm. and it's uh, usually a fraction of the cost of mm-hmm. advertising. So whereas the advertising may benefit the large companies with an established brand, that have to go head to head in the advertising world, i.e. Coke versus Pepsi, mm-hmm. uh, then especially with the emerging companies that I work with, PR levels the playing field. Mm-hmm. And you can really put out there some powerful information uh, that competes with the big boys and girls, if you will, uh, and, and make you more competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whereas you couldn't nearly approach the advertising budget of the, the larger brands. Uh, and right. uh, and there's been such a, I don't know, there's a numbness to advertising now. Even when you look at the newspaper, mm-hmm. if, if you still see print newspapers, then there's a, you just skip over the advertising mm-hmm. section. You can detect it in the New York seconds and, and on to the, the editorial. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it's uh, definitely got a place, and it's uh, hugely important, especially for emerging companies. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you know, an example is like a newspaper ad. You know, big full page spread for say a furniture store. You don't even glance at it unless you're looking for furniture. 
Um, but if you see a story that's in the newspaper, now it may have been pitched by a public relations person, but when you see the story, you might stop and, and read it. You know, you, you, but you're right. We skip over the ads and kind of look for something that, that is more appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, more uh, not only just appealing, but in many cases now it's more entertaining because mm-hmm. uh, if we've done our if uh, we've done PR correctly, we're really good st- storytellers, mm-hmm. and uh, being able to articulate that story and also entertain while we're and provide great information. Right, uh, it, it's a uh, it's a great satisfying thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's face it, it's pretty difficult now because of everything that somebody can look at. Um, You know, maybe they do still get the print newspaper, but, you know, online, streaming video, all of these various things. So to be a good PR person that actually gets noticed is is different and it's it's difficult. It is. And the the Internet has just changed everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so much information flowing to us each day that now we're looking at artificial intelligence news bots Mm -hmm. to deliver us, to filter out the stuff we don't care about and to really deliver us a custom internet of me. Right. And uh, one of my clients uh, for Pilmer PR is actually in South Korea and they Mm -hmm. developed a news bot that... Uh, is getting a lot of airtime from Apple and others that are mm. ranked these these apps, and mm-hmm. it, it's very trainable. Mm. So uh, it it goes out and finds the news that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and I train it over time uh, to teach to give me that information, but to keep down the flood, right? <laughs> something that's consumable. Mm-hmm. And I think that is probably one of the biggest problems is is the word flood. You know, there is so much information. And, you know, and, and whether it is TV, Facebook, whatever it is, there's just so much coming at you. And And then the tricky thing is we have so many people who position themselves as being experts. And I'm saying that very kind of tongue-in-cheek. When we have 16-year-old girls who have 3 million followers or more on YouTube and they're talking about lipstick, I mean, I'm like, really? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so it is very difficult to cut through the clutter. But what I love is, is your firm knows how to do that. And one of the biggest reasons for it, and, and you use this, I was watching a, a video on your website, you used a, a phrase that I just loved. I even wrote it down so that I would make sure. And that's, <laughs> you need to go to the best watering hole. And so talk to us about that. You know, how do we figure out from a, you know, from a perspective of a business owner, how do we find the best watering hole for our messages? That's an excellent question. Uh, if we can start with saying what industry are you trying to communicate with? For example, okay. uh, the medical industry mm-hmm. or the healthcare industry in general or nutrition industry or the music industry. What is that? What's the demographic, the psychographics, the geographics of those customers or consumers that mm-hmm. your company wants to go after? Well, there's so many ways now to slice and dice information. And mm-hmm. In many cases, it's just publicly available uh, to 
figure out where those go, those people go to get information. Mm -hmm. So if you can really define your consumer, your customer, your target market, and bring that to us, we have the tools with uh, hundreds of thousands of contacts that that write or broadcast to those subsections uh, mm -hmm. or target markets. And uh, we've gotten pretty good at it over time. And, and the advent of social media uh, has changed that dramatically, but it becomes a n one more tool mm -hmm. through which we can communicate to people at their watering holes where right. they want to get information mm -hmm. and from whom they want to get information. And I've talked with my guests about this a lot, especially the marketing people, about finding the right target, you know, and, and, and it is better that we're hitting the target with the arrow as opposed to, you know, just flinging stuff and hoping somewhere it sticks. And it's tricky for a small business owner because we're thinking, I need to try and reach as many people as possible. But, you know, reaching, say, 10,000 people with, oh, say, a Facebook ad and if, you know, the vast majority of those people really could care less, then that's a waste of money. Or same thing with just a message, you know, and, and mm -hmm. so it is about getting targeted. And, and we think it's counterintuitive, you know, hey, we're going to go to only a 100 people as opposed to 10,000. But if those 100 people are the right 100 people, you're going to get, you know, much more success. And that's one area that's caused us to focus mm -hmm. as a firm is we've specialized more in the B2B market mm. where you can define a target market and there are readily available places that feed those markets. Mm -hmm. And it may be talking about thousands rather than hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. or millions uh, of potential customers. And it's a lot easier to forgive the gun metaphor to shoot a rifle shot rather than a buckshot right. uh, uh, at that target. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and even when you're shooting wide, I mean, you hopefully do hit some, but why waste all of that, you know, to carry the metaphor further, all that ammunition, you know, when you really can just be so targeted. And, you know, and, and as I said, that's very hard, especially for a small business owner or an entrepreneur who's starting out because they think, we have to hit as many people as possible. So, you know, they'll, they'll tell me a big thing. They always say, I'm going to be on Facebook because that's where everybody is. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, but are the people you need to reach on Facebook? And more right. importantly, even if they're on Facebook, are they going to see your message? And they right. look at me and they go, uh-huh. <laughs> right. And, and in, to take an example of that, uh, consumer kind of brands like Coke versus Pepsi. Mm -hmm. uh, that's now remember, done. I'm down here in Atlanta, so there's only one. <laughs> there's only well, Coke. <laughs> oh, I don't, I've been in the Coca-Cola Museum down there. It's amazing. <laughs> and I, I have uh, uh, my Coke Zero Cherry uh, Zero in the uh, refrigerator right now. Just FYI. Okay, but, okay. Then, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> and so, so if you take uh, the any of those brands that's more of a consumer focus mm -hmm. whereas you take let's say a ground surveillance radar which has been one of our clients in the past Ooh. well that's a much more focused mm -hmm. group of people and we might be paying attention more to the events mm -hmm. at which those people consume information mm -hmm. uh, and be able to 
find ways to get to those watering holes in a fairly targeted way. Or in the case of our other client who's into artificial intelligence, then uh, we have to find what are the organizations that are utilizing uh, artificial intelligence now. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned the, the NEIL, N-E-I-L, uh, news app that's available from our client. And, mm -hmm. and uh, that's just one example of more of a consumer-focused uh, application of an artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. whereas a more of a B2B uh, offering would be uh, Zimgo, Z-I-M-G-O polling mm. uh, that is uh, going to be changing the face more of of campaign management for mm. politicians mm -hmm. and for governing officials. And uh, it will help candidates get elected mm. uh, and because it allows them to create more of a town hall meeting in Twitter or Facebook. Oh, okay. And and that allows government to connect with their constituency without third parties filtering it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that can be very effective for a free society that wants to read uh, the stuff, straight news as opposed to propaganda. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, there's very different ways to approach those target markets. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and, whether you're doing it yourself or hiring a company like Pilmer PR, it is so important to really be focused, um, you know, and, 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 you know, I've joked about this a lot on my program. When we, you know, if you ask somebody who is your target market, frequently one of the answers you get is everyone. No, no, I don't care <laughs> what you sell or what your product or service is. It's not for everyone for a variety of reasons. You know, price could be a reason. Um, you know, it, it could be, uh, you know, there are just some products that literally aren't for everyone. You know, all these various things. And, and so why waste your time and your money reaching people that they might even say, oh, that's nice or that's interesting. But if they're not going to at least consider purchasing it, then you, you, really you, you don't need to be talking with them. Yeah, and the the fact is that now with today's tools that we have access to, it's a bit, it's a lot easier to target mm -hmm. uh, than it used to be, and also to measure. We talked about how twenty right. years ago mm -hmm. you used to just have to clip the newspaper and count column inches to see if how much coverage you got. Mm -hmm. Well, now now you can track keywords from your mm -hmm. press release through the cyberspace as they create immediate click-throughs to mm -hmm. your website or to right. your Facebook page and be able to measure that and how those people react when they come through your sales funnel mm -hmm. uh, on the internet, for example, mm -hmm. or whether they show up in your brick and mortar store. Right. So uh, it, 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 we can be more accountable today on our research, uh, who to go target, how to go target, where to go target, and then how to measure results so that we can uh, do experiments on what works for mm -hmm. clients. And, and when we find something that works just to use a head and shoulders or a, a tresemme uh, <laughs> metaphor to lather, rinse and repeat when right. we find mm -hmm. something that works. Mm -hmm. Right. And if it didn't work, you figure out why. 
you know, because it might have been, you know, say a Facebook post, you know, you didn't get the traction that you wanted. Well, maybe it needed to be rewritten. Maybe it needed to be posted at a different time. You know, all these various things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, years ago, <clears throat> years ago, I worked for the American Cancer Society. And at that point in time, television stations, and they may still do this, I'm just not sure, were required to run a certain number of public service announcements, PSAs. Mm -hmm. And so we had one that was specifically targeting new mothers. Um, and, And again, this was with the American Cancer Society. And so we were working with a Denver station and bless their hearts. They said, we'll run it during the 6 p.m. news because that's when the most people are watching. And I said, thank you so much, but no. And they were just perplexed by that. And I said, these are our mothers who you know have have newborns they might have other children and six o'clock is their busiest time of day they are not in any way paying attention to the tv and so we talk them into running the the psas that we had prepared at midnight and at 2 a.m because they were up nursing these new children and it got amazing response um you know and and but for a different type of client that would have been horrible. We never would have suggested something like that. But, you know, it, that's that comes back to finding the best watering hole. You know, when are they there? Not just are they going to that watering hole? What time of day are they there? Mm-hmm. Being able to slice and dice your analytics mm-hmm. by time of day is pretty impressive when you put a press release out on the wire now, mm-hmm. let's say business wire, which is one of our favorites. Uh, it's great to be able to go back and say, okay, they were opening this like crazy mm-hmm. at uh, nine o'clock in the morning and 1 p.m. and mm-hmm. then again at 7 p.m. Uh, be able to slice and dice the measurement that finely has uh, not always been possible. Right. You know, and, and we should be measuring everything. You know, we need to be measuring visits to our website and, and how long do they stay and where are they clicking through and, um, you know, all these various things. And, and it does get a little overwhelming, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner, <coughs> excuse me, who is thinking, but I need to sell my widget. <laughs> and, but you need your analytics, again, so you get the best bang for your buck. And so you can also do what we call A-B testing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So testing different messages or testing different web page designs or Mm -hmm. colors, uh, photos. Uh, I was looking just recently at uh, buying a new pair of dress shoes. Mm. And uh, I looked at the photos online that the different retailers had taken of the same shoe. Mm -hmm. And some, they were not all created equal. Right. and some of them made me want to buy it, and some of them didn't make mm-hmm. me want to buy it. And and my my grandson was not so helpful in his in his helping me out when I said, <laughs> "Which do you like better?" And he said, "The black one." Well, I was mm-hmm. going to get black shoes. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Gabriel. Appreciate your uh, your advice. Yeah, there. Good but, feedback, but mm-hmm. yeah, but the graphics and uh, or the video, mm-hmm. whatever audio sound effects Mm -hmm. we might we can test those a b test those really effectively and fast Mm -hmm. uh, and mostly inexpensively if you're looking at emerging companies limited uh, budget right well and that's one thing where technology has helped so much um you know back when when you know we mentioned you we had to print stuff and send it out you know we had a large 
chunk of time that, you know, if you sent, say, a press release out, you mailed it, and then it got there in, you know, a couple of days and, and you know, all these various things. And, and then if it didn't, you know, something didn't happen, you're like, okay, well, why not? And then you had to start over. And now, I mean, we can do testing of one thing in the morning and change it in the afternoon, depending on, on what type of technology we're using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, even as we speak, I'm getting feedback about what's going on with my different projects right mm-hmm. now. And given where we are with smartphone technology and uh, portable devices, it's so much faster mm-hmm. uh, how we can manage these things than we were 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have to wait for days or weeks for feedback. Uh, we may be getting feedback from the other side of the world within a few seconds mm-hmm. right. uh, on whatever we're promoting for our, mm-hmm. our clients. Well, and you just mentioned something that, that is really good. We can be promoting stuff worldwide. Um, you know, gone are the days when we just reach. Now, you know, granted, if you are a brick and mortar type of, of store, then you are only reaching a certain, you know, place around you. But for so many companies now, we can sell our products worldwide. We can sell our services worldwide. And technology is, has definitely made that so much easier. Yep. And we recently did a press release for my one client in South Korea, BPU Holdings, where we did, we were doing a conference or speaking at a conference in Amsterdam. So mm-hmm. we had to put out the press release in Dutch. Boy. And we were always talking about a French uh, origin of our technology. So we'd previously published it in France. Mm-hmm. And then we were doing it in from Seoul, South Korea. So we're in Korean. Uh-huh. And then we're also striving to get traction in the United States. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it in English and all those things can be done simultaneously mm-hmm. with good, good planning and uh, good measurement. Right. Well, one of the things that your company is, is known for and has really started doing a lot of is being socially responsible. And, and you actually work with people on what's called corporate social responsibility. So tell us more about that because I, I love this concept. You know, we're not just here in this world to sell our widgets, to sell our product or service. We need to be corporately responsible and socially responsible. So tell us what corporate social responsibility means. So social responsibility has been around as long as people have been on the earth, Mm -hmm. but uh, corporations historically have been all over the map with how good of a corporate citizen they are. Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing this massive trend over the last couple of decades and especially the last 10 years where corporations are being much more visible with the good they do for the triple bottom line, which mm-hmm. would be people, planet, and profits. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of a lot of different green initiatives by different companies, mm-hmm. but that's just one of the three things. You've got to be making a profit in a, in a free society if you're a, a, a C-corp, a C-corporation, uh, you have stake uh, stockholders, stakeholders that expect you to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's done ethically. Right. And then, but on the, uh, historically, we've had industries that were 
doing that with uh, uh, reckless abandon, mm-hmm. i.e., uh, tobacco industry, for example, that mm-hmm. were were not contributing to people. Right, and they didn't care. Uh, and they didn't care, or they lied to the public mm-hmm. that their product was good for the digestion or whatever. And and uh, while it was, poisonous. it helped you lose weight, right? That was one of the big yeah. things. I remember seeing some of the the old. Now this really is before my time. Um, <laughs> ads for cigarettes where they were specifically targeting women, and they said it will help you lose right. weight. Right. So we have that second component of how are we benefiting the people? And that may be the people in our local neighborhood, or it may be the people of our global neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And then we have green, which would be the planet. And that is, how are we we affecting this place that we are borrowing Mm -hmm. to live on and that which our grandchildren and their grandchildren will inherit Mm -hmm. uh, from us? the quality of air, the quality of life, the uh, fish in the ocean uh, or the pollution in the ocean mm-hmm. or, or the quality of education in our local areas. Just there's so many things we impact that relate to the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so those three things may, are the subcomponents of social responsibility. A corporate social responsibility is taking that to a more formal plan. Mm-hmm. And whereas years ago I read in the uh, Moscow Times that that 66%, uh, some, I guess it may have been uh, six, eight years ago, 66% of large world international organizations had a formal corporate social responsibility plan, only mm-hmm. 33% of U.S. corporations Hmm. Uh, large corporations had a social mm-hmm. responsibility plan. That's changed dramatically, and now we're seeing the vast majority of the Fortune 500 have a formal plan, mm-hmm. and we're we're finding with the ri- rising generation, especially millennials, who are mm-hmm. the most socially responsible of any generation of consumers so far, mm-hmm. that given given if everything is sixes. Uh, everything else is equal, they will choose, 80% of them will choose to go to work for and consume products from organizations that demonstrate social responsibility. Mm -hmm. So it's at the market mandate that saying you will be uh, socially responsible or we won't give you our business. Mm -hmm. And, And historically, many of us, probably you and me included, didn't like to necessarily publicize the good that we were doing in the community. So we volunteered at the local school or we served on the clean air task force where, like where I serve here in Mm -hmm. Utah Valley, or we served the boy scouts of America, or we sit on the board for the Utah Valley entrepreneurial forum or other business startups or take our skills somewhere else to the community and education or otherwise supporting the rising generation, we wanted to kind of just keep that in the background. Right. Well, and it seemed kind of self-serving in a negative way to say, oh, hey, this is what we're also doing. Yeah. And, but now the market de- demands that mm-hmm. we be more public uh, with that information. And it, it's seen uh, you're more conspicuous by your absence, not 
not necessarily by the amount of good you're doing, mm-hmm. but you have to take the public relations, the marketing uh, of that seriously now. And and there are lots of benefits to doing that more formally as a as a company. This mm-hmm. last last year, I've had I testified in front of the Utah House and Senate three times before they passed the unanimously the House Bill 186 which uh, legalized the formation of what's called benefit LLCs in mm-hmm. the state of Utah. And uh, benefit, you mind me talking about that? No, oh, I've, I've actually got a blog post that you wrote open on my monitors to make sure that I, I asked you what a benefit LLC meant. Yeah, so several for several years, there's been a, in two-thirds of the states, there's been a designation called benefit corporations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that uh, is allows the stakeholders, uh, the executives of a company, in their mission statement, in their objectives and business plans, mm-hmm. to focus on the triple bottom line, uh, not necessarily at the expense of the stockholder, mm-hmm. but accounting more for stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means people, planet, profit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the benefit corporation, uh, because it's a legal entity, uh, may benefit by uh, avoiding entanglements with disgruntled executives, employees, or stockholders that would take them to task for not just producing profit and not paying attention, dedicating time or resources to this other thing mm-hmm. that, that they call their cause. Uh, so it protects the company that's trying to do good in mm-hmm. the world. A right. cause, cause-based uh, business, a, uh, uh, a good corporate citizen. Mm-hmm. And so in, in Utah, the challenge there is that we've had benefit corporations for a number of years, but... Mm-hmm. 80, 80% of all new businesses in my state, Utah, are LLCs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those LLCs can be competing with, as I mentioned earlier, emerging companies competing with much larger companies in a playing field that demands social responsibility. But uh, now with the benefit LLCs, they can also set up a similar organization such that it's in their mandate, it's in their mission statement. And it not only benefits them from the standpoint of clarifying with uh, stockholders, it may be a very small number of people, but it also helps the the company to focus Mm -hmm. and to formalize their plans so that they become purpose-driven, mm-hmm. and uh, which uh, purpose-driven businesses tend to make more money, too. Right. And consumers, c- customers like to buy from those kind of companies. Mm-hmm. So it's a market mandate. It's an employee mandate. It's a, it's a consumer mandate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've hopefully done some small part uh, to contribute to that uh, doing gooder, as my neighbor calls it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, doing gooder. <laughs> well, and it's so true that consumers are looking for that. Um, you know, and, and 
And gone are the days when you could have a company, let's just throw Exxon under the bus, where, you know, they can do an awful lot until they really do something catastrophic. You know, people are like, yeah, whatever. Um, Or, you know, we mentioned cigarette companies, things like that. Even if it's just your local grocery store, you know, are they, what are they doing with the, the, say that the food that is past date, you know, do they give it to, to local shelters? Um, You know, uh, the, the big thing that has recently come out is, is the big chain Kroger, which has stores of multiple names in throughout the United States. They're going to be doing away with plastic bags. And then, but the funny part of that was in 2025 and we all went, really, it's going to take them that long. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, and, and we did, we, the, everybody I talked to about that to a person had a negative reaction because they all went, well, great, but you know, 2025, really, you know, are we even going to be alive then? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it's, it's one of those things where it's not, Hey, we're going to do it at some point. You really do need to show that you're doing it now. and it has to, you actually have to be doing it. I mean, you know, how many times have we seen examples of companies that, that say one thing and do something totally different, um, you know, or, or worse, maybe they have a CEO that kind of falls off the rails. Um, I'm thinking about <clears throat> Elon Musk at the moment, uh-huh. who, you know, I mean, his companies have done phenomenal things. And, but he's been in the news recently because of, you know, he's, he's been a little controversial with some of the things that he's been putting out there, which, you know, is another thing that that your organization does is you do reputation management, but back to the whole technology conversation, you know, you do one thing wrong, somebody catches it on video or, you know, takes a picture or, you know, even just posts about it on social media and it can undo so much good that your company did. So, you know, it's, it's tricky. I mean, you know, it, if, if a company is going to really, you know, be socially responsible and, you know, be, put that as part of their mission statement and things like that, then they have to always, always be watching that. Yep. And you bring up the oil industry and we talked about the tobacco industry. The, do we remember Exxon? because of all the good they've done in the world and they've done a lot of good mm-hmm. and they've certainly uh, done their part in the uh, uh, supplying the world with the fossil fuels that we need mm-hmm. uh, to power our cars or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But do we remember them for that or do we remember them for the little Exxon right. Valdez? Yeah, that, that little Valdez. In, uh, Alaska, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. Or British Petroleum that mm-hmm. spent a gazillion bucks on a nice little green campaign. And at the same time, they weren't spending that money on the maintenance of their their drill uh, rigs mm-hmm. uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. And mm-hmm. we have the, uh, the result of the largest oil spill in the history of history. So mm-hmm. uh, we have to keep a balance between uh, the talking about it and the 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 good we do. We mm-hmm. have a, at Pilmer PR, we have a rule number one. And that is first be good. Mm-hmm. Then as appropriate, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because it, like you, like we were saying, in many cases, we were told don't brag about some of those things um, because I think many companies for many years have been doing a lot of things. You know, they maybe for team building, they go build Habitat for Humanity homes. Or, um, you know, when I worked for ING, one of the things that a lot of our employees did was volunteer at elementary schools as math tutors. 
you know, they, I worked with all these actuaries, so, you know, they knew math. And, and, but they didn't really talk about things like that, you know, and, and they, they said, well, we sell life insurance. You know, this is just kind of a, a side thing. And so it's, it is new, you know, within, you know, recent history that people promoted, hey, this is what we do that is good for our community and good for the employees. I mean, some of them are just, uh, you know, some of the, the corporate social responsibility things might be daycare in-house or um, uh, longer parental leave, you know, when you've got newborn, all these various things. I mean, it's not, it's not just things that you're doing, say, for the environment. It's, you know, what are you doing for your employees also and, and all these things. And, and, and really, as consumers, we are looking more and more into that. You know, if you've got two grocery stores right next to each other, one does a lot of corporate uh, socially responsible things and the, the one next to it doesn't, well, you know, it, which one are you going to choose? Yeah, that reminds me of a comment from one of my team members that knew I was going to be appearing on your show and said, remind them that you're uh, friendly to working parents because mm -hmm. all of our team members... Uh, work from their homes mm -hmm. and uh, this keeps them from spending money on burning fuel on right. the roads, the, mm -hmm. the wear and tear on their tires, but it also allows them to set and be more flexible with their hours mm -hmm. and to spend more time with their families. Right. And we thought that was a good idea before we had to call it socially responsible. Mm -hmm. Um and other things that we do that uh, we just thought were a good idea to help give back. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things you mentioned team a minute ago, if I might, while I'm talking mm -hmm. about my team, mm -hmm. and that is uh, the value of if, if you're going to look at a uh, social responsibility plan for your company, you may find much better buy-in and results uh, if you include your team in mm -hmm. the planning and uh, they'll, feel more ownership of mm -hmm. it. They're likely to support it better. The outcome may be better, better, better for the bottom line, as well as for the, the community or for mm -hmm. the, the uh, longevity of your relationship with those team or employees mm -hmm. uh, members. Right. Well, and you know, we did that when I was at ING. Um, one of my responsibilities was to manage our philanthropic efforts. And once a year, we polled the employees and said, you know, where do you want our money and our efforts to go? Um, you know, and, and sometimes they surprised us. I mean, it was, we think, really? That's, you know, and, and but it, it, you're right, it got buy-in from them, you know, and, and so when we would call for volunteers or, you know, do whatever it was, there they were. But if we had said, we are going to do this, and just, you know, and, and that tends to be one of the problems that I have seen with the big corporations, their board of directors or their C-level folks sit down and go, okay, we're going to support X and we're going to make all of our employees like it. <laughs> you know? And and they might have very valid business reasons for determining which organizations they're going to work with. But if you don't get that employee buy-in, it really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's uh, it's a a lot easier to get a task done if there's many hands. Mm -hmm. Many hands make light work. And right. You're probably going to have more hands on deck supporting you if you get them involved early. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and we've, we've kind of alluded to it, but there is another reason why it is good to, to be a good corporate citizen. And that's if something goes wrong, 
hopefully you've built up a lot of good support where, you know, say something goes wrong and, um, you know, and, and, you know, somebody posts a video online about, you know, whatever it is. If you've got a good base of people, you know, customers, employees, all those people who know that in essence, you're a good company, they'll come to your defense, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, an, an ad versus public relations. If the general masses say it's good, then, you know, we tend to believe it. And, and so if you've built up kind of that good bank, then it does help if, you know, and sometimes when something goes wrong, people are much more likely to forgive it if they go, oh, yeah, but here's what they have done in the past. Um, you know, and, and, and so then, you know, it is, it is a good business decision to be socially responsible. Yeah. And there's a lot of businesses now that have that so integrated into what they do. I'm just mm-hmm. going to pick on Tom's for just a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my uh, married son and his, his wife were married in uh, Tom's shoes. Uh, <laughs> cute little white versions of their shoes. And mm-hmm. Tom's, as you know, for every pair of shoes you buy from them, they provide shoes for someone in a needy person, I think generally in Africa. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but that's, part of their DNA, mm-hmm. you know, you buy from them, you're benefiting someone else and you know that your dollar is going there and you choose as a customer uh, to, to empower that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love companies that are organized that way. Right. And, and when given the choice, you're right. Many times we will pick that. Um, you know, GMO is one of the, the, the hot things now in food. Um, you know, are you going to pick the, the company that, that might, you know, be using chemicals or are you going to pick the, the, the one that's going to cost more? And that's, you know, kind of sadly the, the, what is going on now. A lot of times the, the green costs more, but we're willing to pay it in many cases because we know that it really is a good benefit. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 It's an exciting world if you look at it from how you're giving to others as mm-hmm. well as while you're padding your own pockets. Right. It's, uh, I think it makes life more worth living. Mm-hmm. Well, and every company can do it. You know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, if you have 10,000 employees or if you're, you know, the one person that is doing this, you can give back somehow. You know, you can belong to a chamber, you can tutor, you can, you know, you you can be part of, say, something like Habitat for Humanity, all these various things. And as we said, folks, it's okay to brag about that, Um, you know, and and, uh, to say, hey, you know, I'm a, a board member of... Or you know all these various things, so you don't have to think I'm. I can't change the planet, but in a little piece you can. Yeah, and, and collectively we can achieve great things. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we're cleaning up our tailpipes in our cars, mm-hmm. or uh, whether we're serving at the local elementary school, mm-hmm. or or hiring interns from the local universities, which is one of our passions. Mm. And uh, we've been fortunate enough to hire and launch careers for somewhere north of 40 interns over the years. And I can even point to millionaires among that group. (laughs) But but it's exciting to help launch Mm -hmm. uh, young people into a brighter day to our career or mm-hmm. it's 
it's so satisfying to to do that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I went to a, a business association lunch not long ago that had. Um, uh, athletic directors from various uh, schools around here in this area. And one of the questions was, how can businesses give back? And, you know, and, and there were a variety of things, you know, buy season tickets since these were athletic directors, things like that. But one of them said, we need tutors. You know, we need people, tutors and mentors. You know, how long is that going to take? Maybe, maybe an hour a week, maybe an hour a month, depends on, on what it is. But, you know, and, and again, then maybe they become an intern for you or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I try and, and go in and give social media training at uh, some of the high schools, some of the, the technical colleges around here, you know, all those various things. And again, it's just a little way that we can give back that, but if, if every person, and I don't care if you're six years old or 106, if we all thought about a little something that we could do to give back, maybe it's just recycling. Shoot, you know, so think about recycling. <laughs> um, you know, what can we do to helpfully benefit things? And, and again, we're benefiting the planet. We're benefiting our neighbors, people across the, the world from us, all these various things. Yeah, and, I, and going back to our original subject of public relations, we're, we're talking about an area that uh, at one time, it was optional to talk about mm-hmm. that stuff, but now it's not so optional, mm-hmm. and you may be left behind in the competitive landscape and, and unless you have a little bit more of a formal plan or right. unless you, you actually do let your publics know uh, what you're doing besides mm-hmm. trying to make a buck. Right. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that I tell people when I'm talking – uh, with uh, to them about career planning and social media. I, I speak on that fairly often. I tell them, especially in your LinkedIn profile, you know, because we're talking career, um, it, there is a specific place for volunteer and you want to put that information in there you know, because companies like to see, you know, are they tied to their community? Are they a volunteer here? You know, all these various things. And it also helps when you might be, say, a new college graduate who doesn't have a lot of real world being paid for experience. Um, Sometimes companies are far more interested in what you've done as a volunteer and you can learn so many great job skills that way too. I love that thought. And uh, I kind of wish someone had told me that earlier on in my college degree because we're so quick to want to go start earning money that we may forget that we can Mm -hmm. Get valuable in uh, experience that'll increase our later paycheck mm-hmm. if we uh, contribute somewhere right. early on in our career. Well, and many universities have actually figured out, hey, we need to we need to make our students do this, um, you know, and and or sororities, fraternities. You know, we mentioned earlier that you went to BYU. A lot of students there go on a mission, um, you know, and and so they figured out. Potential employers care about that. Plus, again, it just it makes us better people to be doing that. And uh, speaking of, you make mention of my mission, but my uh, son served uh, part of his mission down there north of Atlanta in the huh. Atlanta North Mission. So mm-hmm. just a little uh, plug for Atlanta. I know, I know. Here we are. Well, <laughs> see, and this is where we mean it truthfully. Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and again, folks, this is something that we all should be doing. Um, you know, we need to be socially responsible, um, and especially as a company, because it comes back to, you know, that old adage, we work with and we buy from people we know, like, and trust. 
And, and, and of course, the trust is that big word, you know, and, and if I know that you volunteer for, a, a, you know, a health, uh, a healthcare facility, or, you know, uh, one of my favorite volunteers down here in Atlanta works at a, a cat shelter, which is where we got our cats. Um, but then I'm more likely to trust them and want to do business with them in their real jobs just because we kind of have that, you know, I think, oh, they're, well, they're a nice person, um, you know, and, and so it is part of building that know, like, and trust feature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've uh, kind of set a rule for our own company that we only do business with clients now that are either well advanced in social responsible mm-hmm. behavior or that they actually are formulating a plan. Mm hmm. Because life's too short to deal with folks that are just focused on uh, money and mm-hmm. forget the great texture that we can add to our lives by contributing to the people and the planet. Right. You, know, you mentioned that, uh, and we mentioned this in your bio, that you work with emerging companies. What's an emerging company? Well, I've served on the Utah Valley Entrepreneurial Forum here with helping get startups off the ground. Mm-hmm. I teach for fun a weekend entrepreneurship class at the other local university, Utah Valley University, which is now mm-hmm. the largest university in the state. But mm-hmm. uh, we, I teach entrepreneurship there. And uh, those are usually startups, uh, very early companies. But we focus more of our Clients are emerging companies that have reached some level of funding with venture capitalists or uh, a little bit larger north of a million in sales where they uh, they can sustain a budget mm-hmm. because, uh, as you well know, every entrepreneur, every business owner wants to put a, a straight line from your activities to profit mm-hmm. or to sales. Right. And with public relations, uh, you have to be a little bit more patient in that it's more of a dotted line to sales uh, and that you, you've you got to be working on it for six months to a year, perhaps mm-hmm. even before you see that connection being made between sales and your public image. Uh, it takes time to build an image. It takes time to build community trust. It takes time. Mm-hmm. And and so we're we're focused on those emerging companies who are a little bit past startup, mm-hmm. but they're they're probably not in the Fortune 500 yet. We've mm-hmm. actually have helped launch somewhere or accelerate somewhere around 50 emerging companies so far in our 15 years. Wow! Uh, but you know I'm schooled in Fortune 100 companies like uh, working with the major technology players, Novell, Microsoft, Lucent, Apple. Mm-hmm. In the past, and yet um, most of our clients are much, much smaller than that, even though four of our clients so far have reached the, the, the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in America. So, wow. Um, emerging companies are just a little bit past startup, mm-hmm. but uh, they show a good growth trajectory and potential to be innovative or disruptive in their industries, and we get excited about the potential of promoting them. Mm-hmm. Well, and the cool thing is, back to what we've been saying, because of technology, you can work with companies around the world. 
And we have. We've found customers uh, as far away as Australia. We company that we work with right now is an artificial intelligence and artificial emotional intelligence company in South Korea. Mm-hmm. We've worked uh, with a client in Ukraine. Uh, we deal with things going on in Europe and as well as across the United States. Uh, so the Singapore, we've done business with Singapore. So it, it, the world is so small now because of uh, the internet. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's an exciting thing to work with as we explore each other's cultures and the nuances of doing business here or in Asia or in Europe mm-hmm. or South America. And uh, yeah, the, the world's a much smaller place than it was when you and I started our careers. I know, you know, for good and bad. You know, it, it was a lot easier. You know, back to the, the whole thing with public relations. It was easier when I could pick up my phone or you know, get in my car and go to the local newspaper, go to the you know the the local TV stations and meet with them face to face and pitch stories and pitch ideas and all those various things. It was a lot easier. Um, but now it's it's so cool when you see something that you've done and it goes worldwide or even just across the state. I mean, you know, it's it's it is technology has done amazing things for us. Yep. And we'll continue to do even more amazing things with artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. and the connectivity of individuals around the world. Right. You know, and gone are the days when, you know, we we think limiting thoughts. Um, You know, it's, again, if you are a brick and mortar, you still have to, you know, kind of think about what your locale is. But, you know, how can you reach them? Um, you know, I remember this was, this was actually when I still lived in Denver. One of the news directors at one of the stations in Denver told me if I couldn't pitch a story to her in a tweet, so 140 characters, she didn't want to hear the story. Now, I didn't like that idea. But, you know, it's, it is interesting. I mean, you know, it's, technology has really made a, a big change with what we do. Yeah, and, it's, and yet. Uh, the concept of having to start with the message and the story mm-hmm. remains static. It's the same. The value of that is still the same as it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So being able to start out with helping a client create a messaging architecture uh, from which everything can be created, uh, whether it's uh, an article on the newswire or an article in byline article in some publication, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, a website or whether it's a blog or YouTube video, mm-hmm. uh, it starts with that messaging and that being able to tell the message, tell the story is, if you will, a, a bit of the secret sauce that mm-hmm. we represent uh, as seasoned public relations professionals. Right. Well, John, oh my gosh, we are almost at the top of the hour. So tell people how they find and connect with you. Well, our website's a pretty good place to start, filmerpr.com. Mm-hmm. P is in Peter, I-L-M-E-R-P-R.com. Uh, I, John Filmer, am on Facebook as well as Twitter and uh, available in, in LinkedIn as well. It's not too hard to find John Pilmer. There's not a lot, not many of us worldwide. That's an in, interesting differentiator for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you just log in and, and Google and Google Pilmer PR, uh, you'll see a little bit about what we've been doing the last 15 years. And, 
if they want to send me an email, they could do that to uh, info at pilmerpr.com. That's info at pilmerpr.com. And any of those ways will work to connect Great. with us. Great. Well, any final thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with? Just uh, if you're a young aspiring PR professional, maybe you're in college, uh, come on in. The water's warm. Uh, if you're a company that hasn't seen the value up to this point of public relations as a steady part of your budget for massaging your message, for telling the story, for prospecting and getting the word out there, uh, the payoff can be radically cheaper than just paying for advertising. Right. We've had a, we've had as good as a 10 to 20 times less expensive than advertising to get the same space uh, with a story that's more believable and probably has a longer shelf life. So, mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, something to consider in your corporate planning. Perfect. I love it. Well, John, we have to close out. Um, and you have been a delight to talk with, as I mentioned at the very start of the program. It's so much fun to go back to my roots and talk PR with somebody because that's what I started doing 20 <coughs> years ago. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I am Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful time talking with John Pilmer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.